And we're recording. Hey, man, how's it going? Man, it's going good. Trying to uh, trying to not get coronavirus. <laughs> I have a, or I had a cold, and there's a difference between coronavirus, which is similar to the flu, and then a regular cold. And I had a cold last week, and so it was very awkward to go anywhere or do anything and cough <laughs> or be on video chat and cough. So I was you know, accused of having the virus. A lot, but uh, no, 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 I'm feeling better now. Last week was, uh, I, I took the week off, just was, was feeling feeling icky, but it was not the, the coronavirus and the whole family was sick, but we're, we're all better now. Everything's good. Christina good. had uh, this terrible like medicine. She had like a, a ear infection as well. And so every night it was just this huge ordeal for us to uh, give her her medicine. She didn't want it. She would spit it up or, or, you know, it was just bad. And we finally finished all of it uh, the other day, and it is awesome. I even I tasted a little bit of it, and this stuff is gross. So, I, <laughs> but does it work? It worked amazing. Like she, her ear infections are gone, her cough is gone, like everything is. She's great. Wow. Now. Um, it was was like, it Tussin DM or something? No, it was some prescription thing. It might have been something similar, but a lot of uh, antibiotics and stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, so the coronavirus is a virus. It's not bacteria. And we don't have a way to, to kill that. You, you need to use your immune system. And our problem right now is it, you can get pneumonia from it. And so people who are infected, who are susceptible to, you know, complications with pneumonia will end up just not being able to breathe and yeah. end up, you know, suffocating and stuff. So it's, it's serious, but Man, I had no idea the world was shut down like it did. This is uh, it's like really? from a, a movie. You had no idea? Was it just because you work at home all the time anyway? <laughs> well, I had no idea that it would go to this extent. Like, Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In five days, it went from you know just a couple people have it. We got it under control. And then five days later, it's like everything shut down and there's no toilet paper. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> and that's what's so weird about it too is like – I wasn't expecting it to get to, to this point because I thought it was going to be just like SARS or, or, you know, swine flu, bird flu, killer bees, you name it. We've had a, you know, <laughs> a problem with it. And so I was just like, okay, whatever. It's going to pass by and it's not going to be that big a deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're right. Things just start shutting down. They're calling for us to like basically self-quarantine ourselves. Pretty much. I. I started going a little bit stir crazy this this afternoon. Me and Jenny went for a walk in one of our adjacent neighborhoods, but nobody's outside. Nobody's doing anything. And it's it's wild, man. Never expected this at all. No, it's a uh, it it's a once in a lifetime thing. Like I don't expect this to happen uh, ever in, again. No, not in my lifetime. But it's happened in the past many, many times. Mm -hmm. There's the plague. There, you know, there's all of these things that have happened. Like um, the depression happened, um, and there's still people alive. Well, yeah, there's still people alive today mm -hmm. that that lived through the depression, and we had the Cold War, and we had you know all these these times of uncertainty. And this is just the most recent one, and th this is the first one where we have the communication like we do. We're all able to or a lot of us are able to do things like um, 
watch these press conferences as soon as they happen or watch them on demand or record them, talk about them. You were able to able to distribute the news quickly. Whereas, you know, in previous world pandemics, you'd read about this in a magazine article or a newspaper or something. You wouldn't uh, see it on Twitter. You wouldn't see it as fast. So right. Yeah. Very fascinating. It's it's scary though, because I think the I think the craziest thing about it is that you and I, I would say, are taking it, you know, rather seriously. We're making precautions, you know, making sure that we have, you know, a, a, the right amount of toilet paper, not too much, <laughs> not too little. Uh, thirty-one um, rolls, my friend. Thirty-one. Thirty. Rolls. Thirty-one rolls. I mean, you've got more than I do. I've probably got. I uh, I think I have twelve on hand right now. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we're taking precautions, and then there are folks in my family who are very much not taking precautions that they should be taking because there are those that have underlying medical conditions in the family. And same thing with, um, you know, these kids who are leaving for spring, spring break and going partying on beaches, you know, like we need to take this thing seriously. It's, it's not going to go away unless we, we starve it. (laughs) I'm fortunate. And you too, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to work from home and most of the things that we do are on the computer. So we don't have to worry about, um, you know, a, a <laughs> meeting real people and interacting right. with, with other humans in real life. We could do everything on the computer, but other jobs aren't necessarily like that. And especially like school teachers and, and some of these that are very, um, have a huge surface area with people. Um, if you're in the medical industry or, you know, I feel for you because that that's tough. And I'm also wor- worried that, um, Amazon, we, I'm starting to realize how much I rely on, on some of these companies like Amazon and then Comcast for internet. We had an internet glitch, uh, was it two days ago for about 30 minutes. And not only did my internet for the house go down, but the internet on my phone went down as well. And those, oh, that's interesting. two different carriers. And as soon as that happened, I was starting to panic. I was thinking, did something big happen? Because if there, if something big did happen, I, there's no way I could find out about it. I, if I can't make a phone call and I don't have internet and I'm not supposed to go outside, how am I? And I'm not getting a newspaper delivered. I would be totally isolated. I don't even know what I would do. I, I don't. I yeah. If if I lost internet right now and it was out for like a solid two hours. I mean, I'd go to bed, but <laughs> imagine waking up and you don't have internet. Dude, I would lose my marbles because I can't go to Starbucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can't like, what am I, I, I cannot get work done at that point. Like, so I've been thinking after that happened, I, th- I thought about it for a little bit. Uh, a couple years ago, I got my amateur, my ham radio license, and this will allow me to communicate with other, other ham operators mm-hmm. uh, over uh, radio, you know, even across the world, I need to set that up right now because if I did lose yeah. internet and I lost phone signal, this would be the only way that I could communicate with other people if I'm, if I'm not able to go outside and, and do it face to face. So I need to, uh, well, I, a couple of things here. I've been th- also thinking about my data and yet, as you know, I've been trying to run my own server lately. And if you can think of Google and, and, and Dropbox and, and Apple and all these companies like that cable uh, cable internet provider or like um, the cell phone provider, 
where they can control it. And if they, if they shut it down, I lose my data. But if I run mm-hmm. my own server, it would be like me running my own radio, my ham radio. Right. Yep. I'm yep. not dependent on anybody else. Exactly. And so I'm starting to, man, you know, these preppers that have been on, <laughs> on these TV shows for years, maybe they got something, maybe they figure something out. I mean, they've, they've got something going. That's for sure. But yeah, self-sufficiency, like I should have well water. Like I should have solar. I should have some of these things so that I'm not, I'm not relying on the grid and, and all of these others. Um, we've been <laughs> watching movies for decades now about, you know, when, when's this post-apocalyptic thing going to happen? Not that this is going to be like that, but um, it, the, the mortality rates are really low as well. Like if you can imagine where, if you get bit, one time you turn to a zombie or a werewolf or something like this would be a totally different virus. Oh yeah. Whereas this one is, you this get the flu. Be, yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, it, it could be so much worse, but um, yeah, I need to start, uh, start being some more, uh, being more self-dependent. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've, I've been telling my mom for the past you know week that we've known about this thing. I was like, if everything goes South tomorrow, I'm I'm coming up to you guys because they've they live on 15 acres and they have well water and so I was I I'm ready to go like if that <laughs> happens I'm I'm out so but no I agree with you and I mean you're talking about prepping I was I was telling you you know before we started recording the show I'm I'm working on getting my my hunter education license you know um and I want to do the same thing like with my digital life as well I want to be a little bit more self sufficient you know yeah. um I it's uh, I was actually also before we start recording the show, I've been talking about it for almost since episode one that I'm looking to to move off of Gmail. And I've been very excited about 37 Signals, you know, Basecamp launching um, Hey.com, which is going to be their email service. And it's completely separated from Google, but they're postponing it because of COVID-19. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. So I'm looking for alternatives. I could switch to sooner. So I've switched off of off of uh, Google search engine lately, or at least I've tried. I'm using DuckDuckGo on the phone and on the computer. And okay, it nice. does like 99% of my searches now. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, especially early on, I would need to go back to Google. But lately, it's just been DuckDuckGo. And, th- and I do notice things like whenever there's a press conference or something, if I search for it on Google, it will pop up at, at the top. But on mm. DuckDuckGo, it might not be there for a day or two. So DuckDuckGo is, right. is not going to get these live events as fast. But for most of my work things and regular research, it's not a problem. So I'm, yeah. I'm really happy with it. Same. I switched back. Um, and the two things that I still use Google for are Google Flights is a very good product just because it helped me. Uh, I was looking at, looking at flights a couple hours ago and the flight that I was looking at when I just went to spirit.com was like $200 and I was able to find a much, much better deal on Google flights. So that's a really nice tool. Also when I'm looking for something that's very local, say I'm looking for donuts near me. Yeah. DuckDuckGo uh, just isn't going to do that because they don't do location tracking. So I have oh, two alternatives. I can either true. use, yeah, I can either use Apple maps to try and do that. And Apple maps is kind of hit or miss. Also, sometimes I want to see reviews. And I'm not really going to get those in Apple maps. Well, I do. They're through Yelp, but yeah. Um, otherwise I'll just, I'll just do it in Google real fast because at that point I don't really mind. That's a, that's a convenience thing. I don't really mind if Google knows my location that, that instance, they probably can figure out I'm in 
in Louisiana <laughs> anyway. So yeah. I'm just going to look. <laughs> so those are the two times I still use Google. But otherwise, yes, I've switched back to DuckDuckGo on the phone and on on the desktop. And 99% of the time, it works great. It's it's my search engine of choice for sure. Nice. I love getting away from the I have how how... How far away are we from becoming Richard Stallman's and just installing like Arch Linux on our computers? And that's just what we do. Where's the balance between between convenience and being independent? That, that that's true. Like, hmm. yeah, that, some of these things are just so convenient and so nice. Like iMessage, it's just there all the time, and it just works, and it's very convenient but I don't have any control over it at all. If I want to add a feature, I can't do it. Um, like, so for, for example, right now we are using a private hosted, like basically like a Google doc clone. Um, it's a, and software suite called next cloud that I'm running on my own server. So TJ and I, for this podcast, we are video chatting on my own server. We are simultaneously editing the same document on my own server. So nobody else is um, involved in this, but setting up both of those today, I have to admit like we ran into two hiccups and I, we, we probably would have had those with Google, like the convenience with the, with these others are, I mean, it, it definitely is there. Yeah. But we're, I'm trying, I'm trying TJ. <laughs> I'm not Richard Stallman, but I'm not, I'm trying to have some. No, I understand that. That makes sense. Um, no, it's just it's just a it's just a thought that I I toss back and forth, you know, as I as I do some of these things. What where is that balance? I'm not really sure what the balance is. I feel like I'm more willing to experiment on things that are web based for me than say something that I'm going to be dealing with all the time, such as when I am looking again. Again, we'll go back to the donuts example. Jenny asks. For donuts, she's craving donuts. That's fine. I'll go and get donuts. Um, it's very easy for me to open my iPhone, which works perfectly. It doesn't crash. It feels good to use all the time. Um, and pull open Apple Maps or Google Maps or whatever, type in donuts near me, as opposed to using my Ubuntu phone <laughs> and... Or my my whatever would be the equivalent of an Arch Linux phone, and I try to turn it on, and the launcher crashes, and then you know I have to install a browser, like all of those things. I I don't want to deal with that. I want something that works ninety nine percent plus of the time, and yeah. iOS and macOS is that to me. Whereas something like Fastmail or Nextcloud or hey.com these things are something that i set up generally one time it's still not managed by me Nextcloud, you you have an instance of it running on your server but you're not really managing it so much it seems to manage itself in a lot of ways it's pretty hands off yeah it just sits there and runs and updating it's really easy as well so yeah, i'm really happy with it yeah yeah, I'm. I can't wait to give it a shot. You were talking about getting set up on one of my servers, or you know, just just talking about getting something going. So I'm excited. So this morning, I woke up and Apple announced a new iPad. In fact, two new iPads. In fact, two new iPads, an updated Mac Mini, an updated MacBook Air. Um, what else did they announce? A new keyboard. Oh man, keyboard. 
this keyboard for the iPad Pro looks awesome. They announced new software uh, or a, a major version of iOS 13, uh, iOS 13.4, which adds full mouse support. iOS 13 had like very, very basic mouse support, but iOS 13.4, you can connect to your any mouse that you want with the regular Bluetooth menu. You don't have to like jump around, jump through all these hoops in accessibility to try to add your mouse. You'll be able to point at buttons on the screen and your mouse cursor will change. And if you've ever used an Apple TV and you've, you've highlighted a button, you'll, you'll feel this. So as you're moving your mouse around the button, it, it's very apparent that you're going to click on that button. Mm-hmm. They've added gestures where you can three finger swipe left and right to switch between apps. Like the, the multitasking on an iPad is, is going to completely change when people use this mouse. So I started thinking about this. This is now just a laptop. Like, no. It's a laptop that you have a touch. You can use the touchscreen, but if you use the yeah. mouse, it's just a laptop now. But it's impressive, though, because the the way that the mouse works is completely different than any other device that we've seen. Because like you said, it's it, the the cursor do, is not just your average you know, mouse pointer. It morphs depending on what the UI element it is is being hovered over. So say like you're you're over a button because it's the easiest example, your mouse will actually morph into like to contain the button. And so you it's very apparent what you're clicking. And from what I hear, the experience is just incredibly, incredibly smooth. And that they they've really spent their time on this. And this is not something that just seems tacked onto the OS. It definitely feels like it's part of it and it feels very iOS y. I have not installed this yet. I, I plan on installing it tomorrow, but I was waiting on Xcode. Um, I, I didn't want to uh, like compromise my, my iPad and then not be able to develop on it for work. So if they release the new version of Xcode, then I will be installing this as early as tomorrow. But yeah, I'm super pumped, TJ. Like yeah. this is, this is going to do there. So many things are lining up that will lead to Xcode on an iPad. So mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, they talked about, uh, being able to preview or they found traces in the code of being able to preview an iOS app on an iPad or iPhone, but I'm thinking it's for the iPad. There's been talk of being able to restore an iPad without plugging in a cable, mm-hmm. now having a full mouse support. And I think they're, these gestures are going to do it. We have a problem with the iPad right now where being able to discover that you can have multiple apps open at once or switching between them is tedious. But if you can just quickly use your fingers, like this is it. But every time I look at this picture or watch these videos, I keep coming back to the fact that this is now just a laptop. Like this yeah. is, it, it's a pretty laptop, but it's, it's still a laptop. I find it interesting. Their subtitle is your next computer is not a computer. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. But here's the thing that, that makes me sad is because like, I, I'll be honest. I, as soon as I found out that these things were released, first thing I kind of did is I came and I specced one out. I was going to get a space gray, one terabyte Wi-Fi. Uh, actually maybe Wi-Fi cellular. I'm, those are like the two things I would decide between, but for me to get an iPad and to use it on a daily basis, I have got to be able to develop software for it. And that is not just develop software, for iOS, like I want to be able to do web development on this thing. 
I want to see a WWDC event where they're like the one more thing, or maybe one of the core features of iOS 14 is terminal on the iPad pro and they add like containers. So like you you could essentially do like a Docker container or you could have something like that and then install like whatever Unix tool you needed, but it is confined to like that container. That's what I would love to see. I just now realized in the past, whenever I tried to web develop on an iPad, the cursor was my problem. Oh, interesting. It it definitely was because I had apps like Blink, which is a, a command line app that you can go full screen where I could run Vim, I could edit my code, and then in a second window, I could have Safari open and preview the site as I'm working on it. And as far as like the server, and you talked about having a container, if I had a Raspberry Pi or something sitting in the same network or, or next to it, I could easily use Blink and it can connect into that Raspberry Pi. So that that's fine. I'm... With what we currently have, I could do it. The containers local, like you mentioned, would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah. But I think today I could develop the... Hmm. I See, for really me, it's got to be this. easy. I, it's got to be easy enough that I don't feel like I have to fight anything. I don't have to set anything up every time I, like, I turn the thing on. I want to be able to take my iPad, throw it in the back of my bag. I want to be able to go to Starbucks not going to be able to do that with COVID-19, but I want to be able to go to Starbucks. <laughs> I want to be able to sit at the bar with my coffee and I want to just be able to get work done. I want, I want to just spin up my container and I want to start working on a Ruby on rails app. And I want to be able to have this thing completely replace my MacBook pro. And then I want to come and take it home. I want to put it inside of a book arc and I want to be able to play Fortnite at 144 frames because like you can do that on an iPad pro. Like I want this thing to replace my MacBook pro. I would love that. But until it does that, I'm not going to like, it's not going to make sense for me to have an iPad pro. I'm going to be on Mac OS. The, uh, or at least another thing that they haven't talked about, which I think will be an iOS 14, or at least I hope it would be, is when you connect an external monitor to this iPad, you're mm-hmm. going to screen mirror to that monitor. I want to yeah. be able to extend to that monitor, or I want to be able to use that monitor at its full resolution, not the iPad's resolution because the right iPad typically isn't, widescreen. It's not 16 by nine. It's more of a four by three aspect ratio. And so when you connect it to a, a TV or, you know, a, a huge monitor, you get black bars on the sides. Yeah. It needs to be able to adapt. But the reason we could not do that in the past with an iPad is because the main way to interact with the iPad was touchscreen. And so it needed, it, it, you couldn't have an extended screen or you wouldn't be able to, to manipulate it. But if we have a mouse now, mm-hmm. you could go right over there. Again, this thing, every time I look at it, I just, I'm just seeing laptop. Like this is just, this is my Microsoft surface with all of the, with with, it's Microsoft service, but all of the apps are Metro apps and not win 32 apps. Right. Right. I want the truck and car analogy to die and I want to use my car for everything. (laughs) Yeah. I, huh. You know? So I, and- I like Mac OS. Uh, do you ever feel like Mac OS just kind of feels dated after using iOS for a long period of time? Hmm. Yes. Yes, I do. It, it does feel a little dated, but I also, it's that mouse cursor. Like I just feel so precise yeah. clicking on things and moving around earlier today. I needed to move like 10 files on my desktop and uh, 
very quickly. I could just click them and drag them and move them to folders and rename. And I did all of these commands. And then I started thinking, what would it take for me to do? If I wanted to do that on the iPad, what would it take? And that would have required like some weird long pressing, some weird gestures, multiple fingers on the screen at once. And it would have taken like five times as long. Yeah, definitely. But with a mouse, hmm. Changes the game. Yeah, it does. I, I don't it think the iPad the software is ready for the mouse right now. I think a lot of the developers need to support drag and drop better. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of, it's not going to be super smooth at first, but for apps like Photoshop and spreadsheets and things mm-hmm. that I typically avoid on the iPad because the input problems, I think this is going to help solve those. Uh, I think for sure. Yeah. They demoed um, a spreadsheet. I think it was pages in one of the new videos for this iPad pro. And they showed a, a section where they had a couple cells and then they would click and this is a, this is in a spreadsheet, but they had a couple cells selected and then they clicked the bottom right hand corner and they drug down to autofill. And I used to do oh, this wow. daily on an, on Excel, but on the iPad, it was so clunky. I, I just ne- gave up and I never, I never even attempted to, to manipulate spreadsheets on an iPad, mm-hmm. but this gives me hope. Like I, yeah. This, this yeah. could be really cool. And some of the other videos that you see with this this iPad, um, uh, you see professionals in music working on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you could also see a professional doing stuff with video on this thing because it's the video, like the cameras on the back of this thing are amazing. Um, I, I find it interesting that creative professionals who are not coding could use this thing as one of their main devices. I, I just want to be able to use it as well. <laughs> okay. So TJ, yes. if you are going to use this with a keyboard, yes, I guess I would recommend getting the 12.9 inch. If oh, yeah. you're going to be using this without a keyboard as an iPad, the 11 inch is definitely the way to go. But everything that's making me excited about this is the keyboard. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get a 12.9 inch iPad and a keyboard, that is a laptop. That's just a 13-inch MacBook Air. It's a 13-inch MacBook Air running iOS. There's no way that I would get the 11-inch. No way. I would really? always go, no, I would get the 13. Because if I'm buying an iPad Pro, like, I want that screen. Okay. Like, I don't, like, at that point, 13, 13 inches is still small enough. Like, I'm carrying around a 16-inch MacBook Pro. That's true. So, 12.9 is, like, a decent amount smaller. But you you use that screen so much, especially if you're trying to get work done. And in that case, no, I'm not going to use an 11-inch. It ended up just being the iPad that I used to always have and then ended up never using because okay. I would just use my iPhone. The 11-inch is for consuming content, watching movies, yes. reading books. The 12.9 inch is for manipulating documents, creating things, programming, getting work done. To justify that really expensive keyboard, the 12.9 inch makes a lot of sense. But a lot of the fun of the iPad is being able to take it and, you know, sit on the couch and watch a movie or something. And I think I would miss out and not be able to do that. I need two iPads, TJ. I think that's (laughs) I need both of them. That's the answer. Yeah. So tell me about the Mac mini. I didn't realize that got an upgrade. Yeah. See what they updated. I think it was just storage, but let's let's bring it only storage. Mac mini. What do they change on this guy? Real time follow up. It's got a six core processor. 
So that's a kind of a bummer. I I couldn't find an eight core. It looks like they just have six core. Yeah. And so if you pick the bigger model, the bigger model, I would spec up to, I, I don't think I would update the processor. Maybe, but probably not. The memory, I would jump up to 16 gigs. So that's $200 more. Storage, I'm good with 512. Ethernet, good with the base. So my MacBook, I'm sorry, my Mac Mini is now $1,300 spec'd out. This, I could program on this. This could work. Oh, yeah. My problem, though, is the monitor that I want to run on this is the XDR. And I don't even know if that runs on this. In fact, um, I doubt it does. That's a good question because I think it has, yeah, it has UHD graphics. Probably not. Yeah, there's no, you can't play games on this. There's no uh, graphics. So you'd have to have an external graphics card. If you got an external graphics card, you could you could push that big display. Yeah, but those things are expensive. I've spec those out. So, okay, I'm looking here. It looks like it just does. It, it might do 5K. Yeah, it'll do 5K, but it won't do the 6K. Yeah. Okay. So I have to. I can't. I can't buy the five thousand dollar monitor to hook to this fifteen hundred dollar tiny computer. Nope. But, but it is small. Yeah. It's cool looking. It is cool looking. It's a nice little device, and it's definitely has a good intro intro Mac for someone if if they're just you know working remotely. They work from home. They don't really need a laptop. Like you could definitely go with one of these as a programmer who just works from home. Definitely could use one of these, or just works at an office. <laughs> I I'm too mobile. I've I've got to have a mobile device, but so, it, it does look nice. Especially I wouldn't have one because I'll, I'll be honest, like the 3d capabilities aren't good enough. I couldn't game on it. So right. I just wouldn't have a use for it. But at $1,500, if you upgrade the processor, I mm -hmm. want to see this benchmarked against that new iPad because the 13 inch iPad is also around $1,500. And if, Hmm, that would be a really cool comparison. With that the iPad, you're getting more. You're going to get the better screen. You're going to get a battery. You're going to get several other cool things. But with this, you're going to have ports. You're going to have a fan. You're going to have um, faster Ethernet. So, hmm. Interesting. It looks solid. I mean, this Mac Mini does look really nice, but this iPad has got my attention. It's really got my attention. The other uh, neat thing, if you get the 12.9 inch, you can use Sidecar on your 16 inch MacBook Pro. And use that that iPad as a monitor. Yeah, so that's true. There's no. But when can I when can I use my Mac at, as my sidecar on my iPad? Oh, interesting. Hmm. Well, <laughs> the iPad needs to support multiple monitors first. Yeah. If it does that, then you could. But um, hmm, interesting. The mm. other neat thing is remote desktop apps. If I can remote desktop into my 16-inch MacBook Pro from a 12.9 inch using the new mouse cursor and it's not terrible. That's a game changer because yeah. now I could get a beefy Mac mini or a Mac pro or a MacBook pro or something and just sit it at the office or at home in, in like a server role. And then I just remote desktop into it from my, my, my 13 inch MacBook. or I'm sorry. 13, there's so many names now. <laughs> my 13 inch iPad pro. But then it's an iPad. Then it's a MacBook Pro, but it's an <laughs> iPad, and you might as well just get a MacBook oh. Pro. <laughs> okay. The other thing that was announced was a thousand dollar MacBook Air with the new keyboard. Yes, it they looks nice. It. Yeah, this is it. That that is the computer to get if you're not a programmer. Yep, no question about it. 
No question. But there's um, only yeah, there's only two Mac MacBook there's only two MacBooks you can even buy right now. Everything else I don't buy. Which because I find you interesting. have to get that keyboard. I find that very interesting. I wonder why they don't have like a MacBook anymore. Why oh that's true. I so I owned that MacBook and that thing was small. And mm-hmm. it was slow. I could not program on it at all. Really? No, not at all. No, not not <laughs> anywhere close. I would spend more time compiling or doing anything than actually using it. But right. the storage, it had a lot of storage. The base model had 500 gigabytes of storage. That was awesome. But then I, a couple months later, upgraded to the 13-inch 2016 MacBook Pro and that was the computer. It was just a little bit bigger than that tiny little MacBook, mm-hmm. but it had more cores. It had more memory. It was fast. Um, but both of them had the terrible keyboard. Yes, which I don't miss. Like uh, we've talked no. about on this podcast before. I just I I love this the current 2019 16-inch MacBook Pro keyboard. It feels like a keyboard should feel, not clicky yeah. clacky. Yeah. Well. Hmm. The other neat thing about the iPad Pro, if we circle back, is you'll be able to use any mouse that you want. You don't have to use oh, and keyboard. You don't have to use this three hundred dollar, uh, you know, giant art piece of a of a keyboard. You could use just your your regular Apple wireless smart keyboard or or trackpad or your Bluetooth mouse or anything, and you'll be able to use the mouse on any iPad that can run iOS 13.4, not just, not just uh, the iPad Pros. So I'm going to try my Mac, my uh, iPad Mini. I'm going to try using the mouse on that guy. There you go. See, that's what I would want to do, though, is, like I said, I want to be able to put the iPad inside of this book arc and hook it up to my display using USB-C and have it just make iOS adopt a 16.9 resolution Yep. and use my magic keyboard and my magic, magic trackpad and just go to town. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Would We're be getting closer. Lovely. So the next step is to be able to use your phone in that scenario. Yeah. And on the new Samsung Galaxy Notes, and I believe the, the S20, you can use Dex, which would give you that environment. You plug the Galaxy S20 into a keyboard, mouse, and monitor, and it runs like a version of Linux, but you're able to use everything on your external monitor. So it's that vision that we want, but I don't want to use that phone. Samsung S20. You said it was called Dex? Oh, D-E-X. Yeah. That's fascinating. You plug in in one USB-C cable to the bottom of the phone and then the other end of that USB-C cable, you plug into some dongle that has wow. monitor keyboard or mouse or some combination. I used one at work. It was, it worked. I would not work on it. Like you're imagining. You no, know, I would work on iOS though. I think the software is there for iOS more mm-hmm. so than this Linux thing on decks. The future is wild, man. No kidding. Things we did not see today. That were expected. Um, we have not seen anything about these tile tags, these these NFC uh, tracker tags that have been rumored for months now uh, from Apple. Uh, we did not see anything about a 13-inch MacBook Pro. We did not hear anything about 
WWDC. Right. We did not Which was any, interesting. Heard nothing about the iPad mini. We heard nothing about uh, an iPad or a, a Mac Pro 4K display or something smaller than that $5,000 display. Yeah. If they had a $1,000 display, man, those would sell quick. Like hotcakes. I, I mean, I would probably consider buying one. Pair that with this new iPad Pro, you're in business. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that we didn't talk about is how, um, you know, this, this new WWDC experience, the fact that, you know, coronavirus, everybody's canceling, you know, their events. Google canceled their event. Facebook canceled their event. Um, the game developer conference is canceled. Like every, you know, tech conference worth salt. <laughs> you know, sports guy, are you? Canceled. March Madness was canceled. That's true. The NBA was canceled. Like, <laughs> Everything is Everything canceled. canceled. WWDC not canceled. It was not canceled. It huh. was a new, never before seen, revolutionary aluminium <laughs> online experience. It's it's gonna be a Google Hangout. Five thousand people all in the yeah, same room. Exactly. No, I just I thought that was the funniest thing ever when I saw that happen when they they released. The the press release and the website for WWDC and it's a completely new online experience and I thought that was the most Apple way of ever of saying WWDC was canceled. It so because hmm. it was never canceled. It it wasn't. It it wasn't canceled. So when the okay so WWDC one of the great benefits there is you're able to get into a room with an Apple engineer. They call these labs. Right. And you could just, you can schedule these and go talk to the guys who work on UI kit or talk to the guy who works on pencil kit or talk to the guy who works on whatever. But in your normal, uh, your normal development cycle, you never get a hold of this actual engineer, but they, there's an opportunity here because it's online. They could have labs several times a year. They could if they true. were like, if they were FaceTime or some type of video conference, it would be nice to be able to talk to the pencil kit guy, you know, four times a year, not just once a year. Because, man, if I can't, the timing at WWDC is really weird for my app development because I can't wait to have something fixed and go to a lab in June for the operating system that was was released last year. And the yeah. new stuff is released that week. And I don't have time when you're there to look at the new stuff, prototype it up, see if what breaks or see what doesn't work, and then try to implement it implement it into your production app. Also, I can't even ship my production app and the code's not stable. So the timing <laughs> is really weird here. It's like a catch-22. Yes. But if there was one in, I don't know, December, that would be phenomenal. If there was one in mm -hmm. you know, February or March, that would be great. But doing it the same week that you just released all new code, um, I, I just think they have an opportun opportunity here to create a platform to let you video chat and screen share and possibly have some type of deeper diagnostics with Apple engineers. If they do some type of online lab, that would be awesome. The other cool thing would be um, this this chat or this Twitter or some type of, of way to to have a lot of people talk to each other during the keynote. And we currently do this with Twitter. We do this in Slack or something, 
but it would be nice to see Apple's vision of this. If it's this right. all new experience that they're talking about and not just a, a live stream. All right, let's do our picks of the week, man. So two things. Uh, one, the one that I probably should make my pick of the week is this next cloud software that allows me to have my own, um, well, it's our video conferencing, it's our Google Docs or the equivalent, it's file sharing, it's photos, it's to-do lists, it's calendars, it's yeah, so much. Nextcloud is phenomenal. It's open source, it's free, it's awesome. It's super easy to set up. But that's not gonna be my, be my pick of the week. Instead, it's going to be this new chair that I got, the Secret Lab Titan. My wife found it on Ooh. Facebook Marketplace. Normally retails for like $500. We got it for 200. Um, nice. In fact, I, so I go up the, the, the guy originally wanted 250 bucks for it. So in one of the last episodes, um, we all found out that I'm not a very good haggler. So I <laughs> go there with 250 bucks. I'm ready to pay. I'm not going to haggle him. And so I get up there and, and I go to pay him and I just hand him the 250 and say, you can count it. So he counts it. And then he hands me $50 back and says, I've, Talked to some more people on Facebook and a lot of people were lowballing me at like 150 for the chair. So, you know, I'm only charging 200. And so what I, I gave you 250, you gave me 50 back. So I'm like, okay, well, let's meet in the middle. Uh, if you're going to be nice, I'll be nice too. Let's meet in the middle, 225. He's like, no, just, just 200. I'm like, oh, you can be my friend. Why are you? So the, the guy I'm buying the chair from <laughs> is moving to another state. Um, but I was like, no, you're number one. You're a gamer because you have this chair. This is like a gaming chair. It's awesome. Yes. Um, you, you have this chair and they, you could be my friend and you're nice. And you're like, he didn't have to, ha you didn't have to do that. And I'm a terrible haggler. So anyway, <laughs> I did like a reverse haggle, got it down to, I tried to pay him even more twice and ended up still only paying $200. For still the chair. losing the haggle. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, Dang. a like an almost brand new chair. Um, in fact, there's like no wear on it at all. It doesn't squeak. Um, it can lay flat. It's very solid, very solid. I don't feel like this thing's going to tip at all. There's a lot of things that my previous chair would, the positions that you would move that would hurt your back or hurt your legs or hurt your arms. Right. I don't have any of that at all. This is a firmer chair than what you're probably used to, but for programming all day, like this thing is awesome. Oh yeah. I'm sure that's awesome, man. I'm going to have to start looking locally for deals on one of those because they, they look amazing. So I, I need to see if I can get my hands on one as well. Nice. So my, my pick of the week this week is the Facebook container by Firefox. What is it's this? It's a plugin. It's a plugin for the Firefox web browser. And the thing is, you know, we talk about these online services like Google and Facebook and, you know, all, you know, whatnot that, all track you. They track you. They, they they track your location. They track your location on the internet. They leave cookies. They want to know everything about you so that they can get incredibly highly targeted ads right in your face. So what? But but at the same time, at the same time, these are very useful tools. Like Facebook is still a useful tool to me. I have a lot of groups that I'm involved in. I use, uh, I mean, Facebook Messenger a good bit. I like to, I'm with a baby coming. I'm going to be, you know that I'm going to be putting, you know, pictures of baby on Facebook. But I don't want them to follow me around. So what Facebook Container does is it essentially 
puts Facebook in a box and you will only be tracked within Facebook. You will not, as soon as you leave Facebook or you open, it will not be able to track any of your other tabs that you have open. It won't be able nice. to, it, it, it contains it. So making Facebook not, not necessarily, it's not, it, it, I still wouldn't give it five stars for privacy using this plugin, but I would say that if you have to use Facebook, if you want to use Facebook, but you're concerned about this, about your privacy, install the plugin because it's going to keep Facebook contained and still completely usable. Have had no problems with it. So highly recommend it. Install this plugin. Now we've never done this before, but I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, parenting and photos after um, our picks of the week. Normally we, we end the show with the picks of the week, but you just brought up something that I've been thinking about a lot. So prior to babies, prior to getting married, I always assumed I would have all of my kids' photos on Facebook. Like this was the way to share it. Um, it was, everybody had an account. It's easy to send pictures to grandma. Just very, there's tagging. There's a lot of benefits to being able to share photos on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then at, you know, after getting married and then having our, our children, um, we haven't posted, well, maybe a total of seven to 10 pictures on Facebook. Almost everything is shared directly with the person that we want to show it to and not published publicly. So, and whenever I say shared privately, like over iMessage, like not even on the Facebook platform. Right. Yep. And so part of me wants to, you know, show off the baby and show these cute moments. And then the other part of me started thinking, I didn't ask the baby for consent. I didn't ask the baby if they wanted a picture of them, um, you know, posted on the internet. That's that will be True. there even when they're they're older and they want to get a job. So that really put a, a damper on all of my my dreams of being able to share, you know, photos easily with grandma and, and you know friends and family, and I guess show them off, which is a terrible. Uh, if I say it out loud, it just sounds terrible, but it's it's basically what it is. So that's another reason that, you know, I want to use NextCloud or one of these, these private things. It would allow me to have like a private social network with grandma and just the few people that I care about that mm -hmm. would like to see these pictures. But I know that they're safe on my server. I own them. I don't like every picture that you've ever uploaded to Facebook is on many servers across the world. Yes. And they don't delete. Facebook not does not delete stuff. Facebook's going to run machine learning algorithms on faces and things in your pictures and locations and all of these things that I never told Facebook to do. In fact, if anybody else um, goes to Facebook, they can cache those images as well. So those images of my baby could be anywhere. You know, it, it, it's possible that someone could have a, a high school report. They go on the internet and they search for something about a baby or something about a child they get a picture of my kid and then they put it in the report and they show it on the, the projector in front of class for the report. Like I don't have yeah. any control. It's, it's completely out of my hands now. If I run it on my own server or we do iMessage, I have a little bit more control, TJ, just a little bit. Weensy weensy. Yeah. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Um, that's a good thought and something I'm going to be thinking more about, you know, as, as I quickly approach, you know, this baby being here. Uh, if if I really want to do that, because I'll be honest, I I didn't think about think about this at all. Um, so thanks thanks for giving me that thought. Now, 
do you feel the same? Well, here's my next question. Do you use Instagram at all? No. You don't? No, it's super pretty, but no, I don't. Okay. Uh, or at least it used to be pretty. Uh, when I first got on there, every picture had a filter. Everything looked really, it was just fun and just nice. But now, like, it's mainstream. Everybody's on there. Yeah. Um, I don't like seeing ads personally because I, I I will buy anything that I see in an ad. So I try to be ad free as most I can, you know, the okay. best I can. And there's more and more ads in Instagram now. And people are using it for things that they shouldn't be using it for and putting text in there and, and trying to, you know, game the system. It's not about art and just showing neat pictures. Now it's like trying to be a influencer and trying to, you know, make mm-hmm. this your job and be a model. And I don't know. I'm not- just trying to keep that out of my life. No, that makes sense. That's understandable. Cool, man. Yeah. Good talk. And uh, hope you all uh, keep isolated. You keep Stay safe. healthy. Stay healthy. Um, Take your vitamin C. You know, order order more toilet paper when it becomes available on Amazon. Apparently, they, they are blocking a lot of uh, uh, shipments to their warehouses and just focusing on things like toiletries and, and baby products and medical supply. So kudos to Amazon. Uh, so I was telling Megan, I was like, uh, you know, if the, they release the new Apple watch this summer and I still haven't found mine, I should probably, probably just get it. And, uh, she was like, yeah, you, you weren't wearing it. Like, I don't know. She, she said something like that and, and just shut it down. I was like, yeah, that, that's true. So I, I still don't know where my Apple watch is. And the chances of me getting a new Apple Watch are keep just dropping. They just, every day they just get lower and lower. So I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm gonna do, TJ. Still can't find the Apple Watch, man. No, I can't, man. And podcasting is still it's still hard. Some days more so than others. <laughs> Good night, man. Good night.